What song do you want to hear, Dan? Beer! You are now listening to America's favorite craft beer podcast, a show that covers tricks, tips, and trends inside the craft beer industry. I am your host, craft beer enthusiast, Tom Simpson. Next to me, my co-host, a man with more untapped check-ins than you have steps on your Fitbit, the adjunct professor himself, Mr. Dan Howway. Tune in, sit down, and drink up. And most importantly, thank you for joining us on another episode of America the Booth. Guess I'll have to wait until then. And if I get drunk, well, I'll pass out on the floor now, baby. You won't bother me no more. And if you're drinking, well, you know that you're my friend and I say. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 20 of America the Brutiful. This is our last episode of 2021, and we want to thank all of our loyal listeners throughout the year. All right, so here's what's in store in this episode. Hop Culture came out with some of their best of 2021 lists. I'm getting ahead of myself. So we're going to talk about that and also how Omicron is affecting the beer community. We will also talk to the creator of Top Beer Drops and hear about some changes to their rating system, some possible changes. Right. And, of course, we'll talk about some of the last big releases of 2021. But first, let's bring in our very good friend and uh, basically, you know, uh, part-time co-host on the show, Scott uh, from Dan, as you like to say it, Lorenzo the Beer Cat fame. (laughs) I do love saying that. (laughs) Yes, I look forward to that intro every time. But uh, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me back on. And... uh, uh, been very, very, very nice to be able to kind of join you guys on a more regular basis and lend my uh, insight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we appreciate it. So you know, and that's obviously one of the reasons that we have you here today. Uh, let's just start with some big news uh, for anybody that either bought tickets or is were, was planning on buying tickets. A lot of people like to go out on New Year's Eve. Maybe they like to go to breweries. Maybe they like to go to their favorite bar. Whatever they like to do, uh, the one thing that I can assure you they will not be doing this New Year's Eve is going to anywhere that's owned by other half. <laughs> Why is that? Uh, they canceled their New Year's Eve event in Brooklyn. And not only that, the opening of the 30 Rock location, which really was just announced this past week, right? Yeah, that happened. Uh, but also, it, not just in New York, right? They had the New Year's Eve events in D.C. and the Finger Lakes, and both of those were uh, canceled. Now, Scott, I know you were thinking of, you know, if they were going to have it, I'm thinking you were probably going to be there, right? Yeah, we haven't missed one. Um, and last year, obviously, they didn't do it. Um, we were at, I think, two the, the previous two years that we've had. And it's, it's a great event. It's fun. It's, there's nothing... I'd rather be doing than hanging out with my friends at uh, my favorite brewery, uh, other half. So we 100% were going to plan on doing it this year. We we kind of took a different approach when they announced it. We just said, let's you know let's let's just wait because we didn't think tickets were going to sell out or any of that nonsense. So we kind of just hung out. We waited to see what was going to happen because I mean I've got plenty of friends that uh, you know work at other half, and I kind of just. You know, muddy the words a little bit, asking some questions. You know, what do you think is going to happen? Because should, should we be looking at hotels and stuff? And every the, the consensus was hold off because we're going to see where this um, COVID thing goes and the new variant and how Brooklyn kind of reacted to the whole thing. And I think Brooklyn was the, the precipice for it. I think that that was the start. Um, if they were going to cancel Brooklyn, they were just going to cancel D.C. and Finger Lakes. Sure. Um, but, but Brooklyn 
hotbed right now. It, it reminds people of, you know, back of 2020, uh, like March and April, and it, it, it seems like it's ground zero again. Right. So we we kind of decided to keep it local and, and stay home, and we didn't buy tickets. And when I did talk to my friends at other app, they kind of were like, we're not going to be surprised if they do have to cancel it. And, um, you know, unfortunately they did, but probably for the better, I'd say, this year, you know. Certainly for the better. And then, you know, how do you even guarantee that you're going to be able to staff an event like that or events like that right after the holidays? You have a bunch of your employees, which, you know, maybe you kind of know what their general comings and goings are in regular time. But in the holidays, you know, you might be seeing 30 people, 40 people, 100 people. All those people were exposed to exponentially more people. You know, even if you felt good about being like, hey, we can do this in our location with however X amount of people you can invite, what happens if half your staff comes down with COVID? Right. Sure. I think that that was kind of like, you know, you talked to people that were around other half in uh, early 2000, what was it? I guess 2020. Like they had New Year's and then they had anniversary party and there was Pastry Town. And there was a party, I think it was the um, anniversary party. And after that, everybody got sick. And it was way before we were talking about COVID. It was way before, you know, we'd heard about it in, in China and stuff. And you could talk to numerous people, myself included and Amber included. We got sick after that event. And we were all on top of each other. It's virtually impossible. The place was packed. Now, was that COVID? Was that just, you know, a group of people indoors during the winter and getting the normal, you know, winter, you know, flu or cold or whatever it is but i don't think they wanted to go down that road again and it makes perfect sense that they stopped this and it was just going to be a domino also which is kind of a little bit smaller and i'm just going to say this i this week this past week you know the week before the holiday to today i know more people that got covid than Mm -hmm. all the whole since march of 2020 everything combined more people just in the past uh week or two it's kind of crazy um but let's not gloss over let's go back dirty rock location open um as soon as i have to start going back to work uh in manhattan that's a place that i will frequent uh which is nice because manhattan there are certainly a number of beer bars that are excellent but not really a brewery right so Mm. To have 30, you know, 30 Rock have an other half location is going to be super cool. You are very close yeah. to 30 Rock. Is that right, Dan? <laughs> Let's just say all I have to do is walk downstairs and I would be there, yes. That's fantastic. Yes, yes. Um, it, it looks amazing, too. I mean, I saw the pictures of the spot, and it, it looks like a really cool location. Um, Amber was down in that area shown with um, clients for work, and they were still outside kind of in, you know, doing the outside part where they can sell cans and had a little area. And last year we went in and they had like a little stand, like a little truck kind of thing. And we spent the day just hanging out in Rockefeller. And, and I think they were doing the little test market to see how it would be. And I think it's going to be a great location once they can get the thing up and running. And really kind of sucks for them that Omicron hit when it did because opening right before Christmas, right Open under, oh right under the tree is like, you know, you figure chock, chock full of people. How many locations of other half opened during the pandemic? <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. Yeah, right? Used to it by now. 
All right, so let, let's talk about this. This week, Hop Culture released uh, a few year-end lists, and we're happy to have you here, Scott, to talk about some of that. But first, we're going to have our first beer, so let's uh, let's crack it, Tom. That's right, and this comes from one of the breweries on this list. This is Fermentary Form. The beer is Form to Table. Uh, Scott, you're calling in. I'm sorry that you cannot be drinking this, this <laughs> with us. I hope you have your own beer over there. This is a rustic table beer, 3.5% alcohol by volume. If you know fermentary form, that's how these guys roll. It's not going to be your big double IPAs or your pastry stouts. It'll be your nice light wild ales or spontaneous ales, whatever you want. A lot, lot of saisons. Uh, so, so they released this uh, Best Breweries of 2021 list, and this one will get into some of the ones on here, including the number one uh, brewery from Hop Culture. But this was one where I saw it, and I was like, fermentary form made the list. That was a surprise to me. Um, I've had so many, so many beers, but I've only had two of their beers before this one today. Um, I gave one a four five, one a four three. Um, you know, one buddy of mine loves this brewery. I still have never been there. It's one of these breweries that's open a few hours a week. So for the whole week. I don't know if it's open every week. I mean, so this beer, I should say, I was at Christmas. Uh, My cousin who uh, dabbles in craft beer, I've given him beers before. Turns out he lives five minutes away, a five-minute walk from fermentary form. So he picked up a few bottles. We had one at Christmas Eve. It was very good. I don't remember the name. And then we had he gave me two, and he's like, here, just take this home. So uh, that's Russ. Thank you very much if you're listening for uh, sharing this bottle with us. And thank you, Russ. I don't know you, but I appreciate (laughs) this. (laughs) All right. um, Let's talk about the number one um, brewery on that list for 2021, the number one brewery from Hop Culture. This is a list compiled, you know, by I gotta, their like, put folks. Put a drum roll in here somewhere. Right? That was good. Uh, yeah, that's good enough. Uh, <laughs> number one was Sam Adams. What? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, we're still recording. That's right. <laughs> Sam Adams. Sam Adams was number one. Uh, uh, it says here Sam Adams is taking a stand for inclusivity, equity, and justice. Annual production of Love Conquers Ale celebrates and amplifies voices in the LGBTQ community. And the brewery recently donated $100,000 to Glad. That's nice. That's and, very nice. And we also talked about here, they run the Brewing the American Dream. We had uh, one of the folks in charge of that project. It's a program that provides mentorship and access to resources for small independent business owners, particularly women and minorities. Um, Scott, what do you think about this? Uh, Sam Adams, number one on their list of best breweries 2021. I don't know. I, I think I saw a lot of stuff that you just listed was about what they do for the beer community and what they've done for different organizations and stuff. But there wasn't a lot of talk about the beer itself. Um, I think the one thing I can say about some place like Sam Adams is that on a large scale, to be able to reproduce their beer in such a large format and hold the quality and the standards that they have for that beer, maybe not the standards are that we all drink, uh, that are li- most of the people that listen to this podcast might drink, but that's that's something to be said for that. Especially the fact that you can buy Sam's Winter Ale now, next year, the year after, and it's not like you're going to say, "Okay, well, batch one was better than batch two or this." <laughs> that beer is right, the same, so. right? It's not changing. They they've learned and they figured out how to reproduce that beer, and it's like clockwork. So. If, if you want consistency, if you want to talk about the major organization that does something at that scale and across the country, great. You want to call it craft beer? Okay, that's that's your own 
you know, everybody's kind of had their own opinion upon whether you call Sam Adams craft beer or not. But consistent, huge, does good for the community. Okay, number one beer in my brewery, in my opinion, no. But that's, Not, that's <laughs> you know what that's I think it. is you know what I think is interesting uh, that I noticed as well. You know, I mean, are we gonna are we lumping Dogfish Head in with these guys now? Is that is that would you consider them basically the same brewery? I mean, it's the same ownership group, but yeah, I, I would Boston beer, right? Yeah, but right. I, I would imagine they're you know separate entities in the way that they are. Because rating this now you and this may have been totally 100% dogfish head I don't know who did it but you saw the uh, Rip Van Winkle barrels oh, yes. worldwide stout that came out I mean that I don't even know where they were sold to be honest with you I don't know if that was like a brewery only thing it was thing. a brewery only I think there were 150 bottles oh, uh, I've seen it go for about 150 bucks a bottle that's what yeah. I was going to say <laughs> yeah. yeah I mean so on, the, on those levels if they continue to do stuff like that even if it's through the dogfish head brand you know that that that's cool. I mean, we had we yeah. talked about Goose Island a few weeks ago, right? Nobody likes that parent company, but everybody's buying that beer. That's no problem for them to send that out to like 40 states in the country and get it sold out all over the place. Right. Yes. Uh, now, uh, you know, Dogfish has plays with Trillium, and they've done stuff with The Veil. I mean, they, have, they know what they need to do to kind of touch the craft beer lover's heart there a little bit. And they also know that a lot of these breweries like JC from Trillium and Matt from Vale, they grew up aspiring to be Sam from Dogfish. They, they, this is, this was the model. They looked at it and said, well, Hey, if we can get that big and we can make as much beer and, and as much profit, that's what it, that's what their goal was. So they looked up to these people and it's, it makes sense that they kind of play along with them. And, you know, I think a lot of other, old school craft beer drinkers like sam adams was you know if you went to a bar and they had sam adams you were happy as shit i remember like my parents uh, my you know like their friends family friends of that generation you know like in the 90s i guess was when sam adams started getting on tap and like outside of boston you know we'd go out and be like oh they have sam adams here i just remember that as a kid like thinking that was a big deal special special treat yes uh so you know we talked to kenny um from hop culture so if you guys remember this we asked him look ahead to the year-end list and this was a brewery that he said was going to be in the running so uh should not be a surprise to many correct yeah i i I just mentioned that to you guys before when we were texting about that i don't know why any of us that listen to this podcast should be surprised at the fact that sam adams was put on the top of this list i mean kenny essentially gave you the answer to the test now, uh, now, couple, now, what was it? How long ago was that? Yeah, it was a couple months ago. Months ago, months, yeah, months yeah. ago. Yeah, I mean, now there are some that would be surprises to to folks. One of them is a brewery I've never even heard of until this list came out, and that's Cerveceria Wendland in Mexico. And I think it's interesting to see a foreign brewery on here from a country you may not expect, right? If if Cantillon was on there, or you know something like that, nobody would you know, bat an eye, Correct. right? Even even a Canadian brewery, nobody would bat an eye. Seeing something from Mexico is, you know, really cool. Um, I have family in Peru. Every time I go back to Peru, I try local beers. And there's so many craft breweries now in Peru. And at first, they were just kind of the regular styles. Now they're dig- digging into sours and stouts. And, you know, the rest of the world is going to catch up. Dan, do you have any idea, or maybe Scott, if you have any idea, do you know what the uh, service series can you pronounce that? Cerveceria. Wenlant is known for? I don't. I don't know. Okay. So there's no like staple beer. It's not like they're making Modelo and that's the, you know. <laughs> no, no, okay. no, 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 no. They're not some. 
okay. corporation. That's and then it's very interesting that they're on this list. You know, I'd love to have one of their beers when I, you know, I don't even know if we can get I'm it around just, here, but we'll give it a yeah. shot. Uh, the other I'm one on that. Looking back at Instagram here because I saw that Basil and Kevin from Finback were in Mexico and they were they did some some beers there with the with the brewery and I was just kind of see maybe it was the same one but it's not but you know look you, there's an idea where you have um, a, a pretty popular East Coast brewery like Finback going down to Mexico and and doing some some wild ales and some IPAs I think they did with them and releasing it I mean it's you see it going to Canada, so why not going south of Mexico? Sure, sure. Now, let's talk to you, Scott, about another one on this list. Uh, Harlan Brewing in California. They recently did collabs with District 96 and Equilibrium. Two former Jay Wakefield employees are now there. Um, you got to kind of hang out with these guys, right? Yeah, we met Ryan and Kenji. Um, Ryan is the head brewer, and Kenji's uh, I think he's just an assistant brewer and somebody that works for them. They kind of blew up in 2021. Uh, I we had some conversations with them about the fact that they were they really didn't know if they wanted to be a brewery, if they were going to have tap rooms and and whatnot. And they kind of their beer just took off, and they decided to instead of just being I don't know if it was like a contract brewing or what their real origins were there, um, but it took off. I think they just opened a second location in Los Angeles, so. Great beer. They did some fun, interesting things that I've had beers of theirs. They did some stuff with Mastra, um, this green beer that had I forget what what it was, and then they had a purple beer, Ubu, right? Uh, isn't that yeah, Ube. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so they were they were right on the cusp. They're they're good friends with the guys from Mastra. That's where I first met them when we were out in Mastra in 2019. Uh, and guys like Roman, who is you know the young craft beer enthusiast or young craft enthusiast. He's the one that really has been the big proponent to push them with hop culture. Um, you know, Roman's one of the, the ambassadors for hop culture, and I can say that that's a hundred percent. I think it was even listed on the on the website that Roman was the one that kind of um, nominated them for this. And we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about one of the beers that he put in when we get to the best beers of 2021. But let's talk about a few more on this list. Uh, New Belgium, kind of another OG brewery uh is on this list true uh heavy metal brewery in colorado very cool and then resident culture scott who um i forget was it scott that brought it was it it was either scott or, or justin or justin it could have been justin no, I, think. I think it was rob brought the resident culture the time we sat down but john um had sent up a package to john to rob and he sent me a package we'd done one of our jets bets the first week of the season with uh, the Panthers and we, I had hung out with John down in, we all hung out in, in Florida and Miami at Iree. And then I, when I was down this year for the uh, heist event, the night and day, we hung out at their brewery. Awesome people. Great, great. You know, talking about that Charlotte area. Uh, there's a, also a, a woman owner, Amanda, I believe her name is amazing. She's was up for one of the women's forum events at uh, Domino right around pastry town i had great conversations with her about uh you know women in craft beer when we were down there so i'm uh, not surprised to see resident culture on this list whatsoever dan you had a big ba stout from there that you gave I, a pretty hefty score to didn't you? i did i had a barrel aged ego death with vanilla amazing beer i think i gave it like a four seven 
I think it's rated about a 4.7, which is crazy, okay. crazy high. So uh, keep an eye out for them if you guys, honestly, any style, because I've had a bunch of different beers from them, different styles, and they've all been good. Nice, nice. And then obviously, last but not least, we talked about it uh, when we started this uh, segment is fermentary form in Philly. We are drinking a fermentary form right now. I'd say very light, not acidic, very easy drinking table beer. You could, I could probably drink this on a hot day for about 12 hours. Yeah, we're going to kill the 750 oh, yeah. <laughs> by the time we're yeah. done with this segment. No problem. All right, Tom, talk to us about the 21 best beers of 2021. Okay, so Hop Culture, again, also came out with a list of 21 best beers of 2021. The uh, Some of the notable beers on this list. First of all, there's lots of lagers. Yeah, that was I, kind of surprising. Just because if you're looking at untapped ratings, it's not lager heavy, you know? That's correct. That's correct. Um, now, an- another one is uh, Diane by Fair Isle, which I believe is a Saison, correct? They make a lot of Saisons. I have not had that one. Uh, I recently had my first Fair Isle beer, thanks to Arya Barks at the Equilibrium uh, uh, last release that I went to there. You can get, um, yeah, yeah. You can get, uh, you can get Fair Isle on Tavor as well. Oh, really? Yes, oh, I haven't can. seen that. Yes, you can. There's a lot of Fair Isle on Tavor. So much good stuff on there. <laughs> They've been taking my money recently with the new Anchorage beers on Tavor. Next beer, which should not be a, a surprise to anyone, is a Double Barrel Assassin. The pick was selected by the Young Craft Enthusiast. Scott, you were just talking about Roman. Uh, it says one of the best non-adjunct stats that he has ever had. Same that anybody's with, ever had. Same with me. Easy yeah. five-star beer. You know I love adjuncts. Non-adjunct stout, barrel age. It's amazing. It's one of the few beers with a heavy price tag that's actually worth it. Yes, it is a very good beer. Scott, the next beer on there is uh, comes from yours and my favorite brewery. I would, I think that's safe to say that about you as well. Correct. Oh, other half. Yep. Yep. And that is double, double dry hop diamond reflections. There we go. I didn't have this one. I mean, I uh, didn't either. I don't know. <laughs> no idea if I've had it or not. <laughs> <laughs> the, I mean, listen, Other Half makes a lot of beer. So it, it's just funny to me that that's the one that came out, right? And there's a few different breweries on this list where it's like, oh, um, like let's start with this one. Like whether it's Souls was on the list with Habitual Line Stopper. They didn't put Double Barrel Whale Rider on there. It was their brewery of the year last year, and they're going to open a location in Charlotte this year. But interesting that they pick that beer from Weather Souls as opposed to some of the other ones that more people might have heard about. Is that also a, a, a lot of this stuff is also what beers they get their hands on and what's sent to them. And That's true. What they try and <laughs> stuff. You know, I mean, you could have picked any other half beer. Uh, you know, I don't think anybody's going to sit there and say the Double Dry Hop Diamond Reflection was the best other half beer of 2021. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's representing other half. It's saying that they're still here. They're still huge. Untapped to recognize them as you know the best breweries in you know of that bracket system that they did over March Madness. So not surprised at all. It just I don't think it really matters which beer it was. Just yeah. a, a Imperial IPA. The next one on here from the brewery, and that is Natty Larange or Larange. Yeah, Natty Larange. This is an ale brewed with three wine grapes. This used to be one of the hottest breweries in the world. That's like eight years ago. They're really kind of known for their big stats, though, right? I mean, that's really kind of what these put these guys on the map. 
Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Black Tuesday, people would talk about getting Black Tuesday drunk, like Blackout Tuesday would be called. Mocha Wednesday, these big stouts, 16, 18, 20% stouts when nobody else was doing it. It was cool. Now it's kind of become the butt of some jokes, but, you know, I've recently had some newer brewery beers, and they're really good. So, like, I think if you're out there and you want it, maybe you've never even had some of these uh, old-school brewery beers, revisit, you know, try them. Wait a minute, is this even a beer? This is, looks like one of these nat, these pet nats. The uh, natty orange, I think, is a, it. I know it, it has three different ale, drinks. I mean, come on, look at that. <laughs> that does not look like a brewery beer. Well, it does not because you. The first thing you think of with a brewery beer is a dark, dark, heavy stout. But uh, this a pet nat. This a pet nat. It's being <laughs> mis, it's being misportrayed as a wild ale. Let's let's call it spade a spade. And sure. Uh, now, other half's not the only local brewery that made this list. That's right. You got Threes, Passing Time. I've never been to Threes Brewing Tap Room. I heard it's very nice. Oh, you got to go to I the Tap been. Room, man. That is one of the coolest, like, fun tap rooms. I haven't been. I just haven't been. Yeah. We're so going cha- to change that once... Once the world reopens, I mean, I'm sure it's open get, again. He doesn't get past other half, so he can't get, <laughs> he get down by the Barclays Center. He just gets right through Gowanus and just stops. Uh, uh, also, Pure Project was on this list with a beer that I'm probably going to botch the name of, uh, Echidrion. Uh, I recently had Circular Paradigm from them and was very impressed, and I think most people think of Pure Project. They don't necessarily think of Stouts, but their Stout game has gone up. And then the other... You know, we've talked about it. One of the best stout breweries, stout barley wine breweries in the U.S. Eight State made the list with uh, Waiting on Forever, which was actually a collab with Vitamin C. Awesome. Let's not, not forget about shouting out our uh, my friends down in Tampa. Didn't Woven Water make the list, too? We're going to talk about the best beers to drink for winter 2021. Great, they did- oh, great I mean, transition, I'm jumping, Scott. I'm jumping ahead. Look, <laughs> they, they did make that list, so let's start there. After Dark made the list, I actually had this beer on Christmas this year. Nice. What, nice. Is, sorry, what is After Dark? Boys. After Dark is uh, it's like really dark chocolate, hazelnut. Okay, like, it's a big pastry style. Yeah, it's a nice pastry style. Gotcha. Yes. And these are, again, these are the 20 best beer. We've moved on to the 20 best beers to drink for winter in 2021. Which I think is funny because winter starts December 20th, 21st, 22nd every year. So really of 2020, winter of 2021 is like that's true. just a few days and then it's the next year. So. That's true. That's true. Now, the, the, the first, you had talked about Woven Water, but another beer on this list is from one of your uh, other favorite breweries that's also down in the Florida, Tampa area. A corporate ladder is gin barrel aged man eater. I'm going to assume that's one of their wild ales that they, it is, they it barrel is. aged so and, well. And are listen, you, are you sure Dan didn't recommend this beer? <laughs> yeah, I do Dan's love list. them. Hey, listen, Scott, I'm jealous of you, man. You've been there. I still haven't even been there. I'm pretty sure Dan got. He just put this in there. He sent Kenny a message and said, <laughs> "I need to get. I need to get corporate ladder mentioned in this episode. So what can you do for me? Throw it in there, oh, Kenny. <laughs> throw it in the winter list. <laughs> Scott, we do not have that kind of. Not with Kenny, we don't. <laughs> hey Tom, let's be honest. I don't even have that poll because I was looking at one of these things and it literally said like all of the some of the people that were that were giving recommendations for the beer and they mentioned Roman. And the girl lost, who was the other of the three Hop Culture ambassadors. Well, I was the third one, and I didn't get any email or any. any oh, I didn't get to recommend anything, so I'm 
I kind of uh, definitely don't have any pull either. Hey, Kenny, if you're listening, you know who has to be in your next list. <laughs> no love yeah. for the Bearcats. Uh, the second one I, on this list I saw really excited me. Creature Comforts, the tree that owns itself. Yes, you may be thinking, must be a barley wine. It is a barley wine, all right? And it only was released a couple weeks ago, so it's kind of nice to see that that's on this list here. And, and two, two notable ones are local to us. Uh, so we'll talk about those. Suarez with Postscript, and then Wild East with Temperance. Yeah, that's Brooklyn, right? That is. It's a dark mild. It's only 3.5%. I think it's interesting. I have not been there yet. Yeah, uh, me neither. I haven't been there either. And uh, no. we recently, uh, Tom, we're not, Tom, we're not surprised. Don't <laughs> <laughs> we recently talked. Uh, if you listened to the last episode, um, our friends from across the pond went there, and they said that they were very impressed, and it was one of their favorite places that they visited. So that's going yeah, to have to right. that's going to have to be on our list for 2022 of places to visit. Very nice, mm-hmm. Scott. Uh, I just want to say one thing about this list um, you. before you kick me off. That, uh, <laughs> Look, I, I kind of said what I said about, you know, how the lists are created and, and how they happen. But I can honestly say that it's I like a list with some names of, of breweries that I don't know. I went through the list of, of their top breweries and I wasn't following easily three quarters of them. So I it was able for me to kind of go in and click on them and, and add them to the list of places. And like we were, you were talking about, you know, with Wild East, it kind of puts their name in your mouth now and kind of says, well, maybe I'll check them out the next time that I'm in Brooklyn and I can go around. So there's good and there's bad to having people look at lists and say, well, I don't recognize anybody or that's not the beer I drink. Well, it kind of opens your eyes to some of these, these new places and, you know, get you out of your box a little bit. So I'm not, I'm not hating on it. I just, you know, everybody's going to have an opinion. That's just the way that it goes. Nobody so. will ever make a list that every craft beer drinker will agree on. Will never, ever, ever happen. Correct. No, I, I say fuck it. We just do it next year. We just do the America Brutal list, and and every that's just we just talk for a couple hours upon our opinions on stuff and screw everybody else. We'll and just let them yell at us. So. Talk and tell people why our list is better than everybody else's. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> district another half and corporate ladder beers. And yes. All pastry stouts and double dry hopped IPAs. We'll make. <laughs> I mean, Tom, you had a couple of barley wines in there. Yeah. Actually, I love love this idea. We'll have to do a, a snake draft of sorts like we did yes. and then have have people pick which ones they think is better. There we go. I like that. We'll get, we'll get it figured out. Yeah. A lot to do well, in 2022. Before I go, I just want to say I'm, I am drinking a District 96 completely misunderestimated. Uh, I'm directly obligated to mention District 96 three <laughs> times in the episode. So, District 96, and come visit District 96. What does that get you? A free four-pack? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> All right. Free wings. There free we go. Wings. Scott, thank you very much, man. It's been a pleasure over this past year uh, having you be able to come on, uh, you know, as needed or just, you know, when, when we like you and when, we, when you like to come on. And we always enjoy the company. You are a great co-host particularly uh, when i'm not there you picked up the slack a couple times and for that we couldn't be more appreciative yes. thank you very much i want to mention one other thing before i go and i keep saying this and I'm, maybe i'm just trying to you know stall but there's you're going to mention all these top year drops that are coming out you know this week and stuff there's i'd like to say that by the time this air this episode airs there might be an actual other drop that happens and tom i want to say Congratulations early to you, and good luck to you tomorrow, or when you know when the when you actually uh, become a father. 
I told you earlier that it'll be the best part of your your life. And uh, I just want to wish you luck, wish your wife luck, and uh, can't wait to see the little one. Thank you very much, Scott. As You're soon welcome, as man. as soon as he gets old enough, we'll work on corrupting him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Have a great day, and uh, good luck talking with uh, my boy Rob there. He is coming up next. Uh, stay tuned for more. One minute to midnight, one minute to go, one minute to say goodbye before we say hello. Season 2, episode 20 of America the Brutiful. Thanks for uh, coming back with us, guys. And again, Happy New Year. Uh, Let's bring in two guests, right? Tom, so we have uh, Chase from Top Beer Drops and one of our best friends in the beer world, Rob from Hayes Boys. Welcome, guys. Thanks for having us. You guys need to keep better company. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, baby steps. We're we're working on it. (laughs) Let's enjoy this while it lasts. (laughs) So now, uh, you guys may have heard an episode a few weeks ago where we talked about a specific brewery, actually a fairly local brewery, uh, Tin Barn, who had put out a big, beautiful, barrel-aged, non-adjuncted stout. And that specific beer came out out of the gates like a 4.0, right? 4.8 something. It was a very high rating. It ended up making it to the top of the top beer drops list. Uh, There was some differences of opinion locally on that beer. Uh, Dan tried to start a turf war. I did. I did. You know, like, listen, you know, um, I love all the local breweries, right? So um, I'm always advocating for them. And sometimes people are like, uh, and then people tried to knock that beer down. And two people gave an untapped score of a 0.25 just to knock down the score. Couldn't it have been for two people. It was some loser with a sock account. Come on. There you go. Telling it like it is. Thank you very much, Rob. So now. Uh, it, but in that episode, Robert kind of said, you know, because I said, hey, wow, top beer drops. You know, this is like this is ba- a new thing that's coming up that more people are paying attention to that is creating hype. And Rob, we talked about whether the amount of check-ins uh, that Chase uses to rate these beers was the right amount of check-ins. So um, we had Chase follow up with us afterwards. He said, hey, I want to come on. I want to talk about my system i want to explain how it goes and then i also want to maybe track it with you guys for a couple months on the show and we thought that was a great idea so chase why don't you because you are much better at explaining this than any one of us jugheads tell <laughs> yeah, us sure yeah uh, let me hop in there so uh a little bit of context and history i started the list with uh, a minimum rating of 25 um i i kind of wanted to account for but Dan, you called out, and Rob, you uh, you also called out as well. I want to account for kind of the the local hype boys, if you will, that are trying to boost up a rating and uh, maybe escalate it in trade value just to get it out across the country and have it, you know, tank in the ratings. So I originally kicked off the top beer drops list with 25 ratings. I think it was the beginning beginning of last year that I said, you know, that might be. I'm not getting a whole lot of stouts in here because people aren't, you know, running home and busting out a one-per-person barrel-aged stout and rating that, you know, within the first week of it coming out. So I decided, you know, 10 might be a little too minimum. Uh, I'm not going to be able to count for hype. 25 might be a little too high. Let's split the difference and say right in the middle, 18. 18's got to be the minimum 
um, that we're looking at. And we've done that for all of 2021. Um, so yeah, but I'm, you know, it's, this is kind of a passion project for me. It's, it's a fun little, uh, uh, experiment. I think that it's almost, uh, it's worth evaluating. So after Rob was on the cast, I decided, I reached out to you guys and said, Hey, let's do a little, little experiment here. Let's look at, um, a bunch of, uh, different weeks and say, okay, if the minimum, if there was no minimum, so as as you all know, Untapped has a minimum of 10, um, ratings before it can actually accumulate a score or an actual rating. So, um, I looked at, okay, no minimum ratings, a minimum of 18, which is how we currently conduct the list, a minimum of 25 and then a minimum of 40 ratings. So we looked at a couple weeks and I think it's an ongoing experiment, right? I think that we want to we want to check in on this uh, for a couple months because I would say just doing a few weeks is somewhat inconclusive uh, data-wise. But kind of what I'm seeing is, as you would expect, if you have no minimum rating or no minimum amount of ratings, I should say. So, sorry, this is like the amount of people rating this beer. Uh, you're going to get a bunch of hype at the front, but then you'll usually get a, a decent amount of fall-off. So... I'm looking through some of the lists that I sent you guys. So we did a test on uh, 12-12. Right. And then, sorry, hop in there. Yeah, no, right. So there was a test on 12-12. Let's just go based off of this. Because to me, there's sure. enough information in here that tells me, like, there's some good things about the way that you do it. And then also maybe there's some other things that maybe need to be changed. So yeah. if I look at, you said, no minimum rating, right? And I look at that list. Now, the first one that comes up on that list is... Moxa, which made barrel-aged pastry mode, which was a giant and is a giant whale. Is that correct, Dan? Yes, yes. yes. Very, uh, you know, anybody that is a pastry stout guy like myself, that is an amazing beer. That is a beer that deserves whatever rating it gets. Now, that that's correct. Thank you for clarifying <laughs> that. Now, the second and third beers on that list, Chase... There was a lot of movement with these beers as those check-ins increased. Am I right? Yeah, you got it. So uh, that second beer, I mean, even that number one beer, we looked at it. So on the rating of it on 12.12 was a 4.88. When we looked at it a few weeks later, it dropped to a 4.82. Not substantial. Still a really solid rating, right? I mean, that's Um, a massive rating. Yes. Next. Do the Troon one next. <laughs> okay, so yeah, that Troon, uh, that secondhand cast, barley wine from them, it had 19 ratings at the time. It had a 4.61. Uh, I think actually on top probably uh, rounded that up to 4.62 because it's a 4.618. Uh, that dropped to a 4.44. I think you all, well, you all being in Jersey, I think can maybe speak to Troon and the hype around Troon. I, I, I've only tried a handful of Troon in my day, and it's always been remarkable. But, uh, yeah, I, I feel like Rob might have an opinion on that one in, in particular. No, I, I had the beer at the anniversary party, and, you know, I would have said it was a 4-5. I mean, it was, a, it was okay. a very good beer. Okay. So it kind of landed where, you know, your numbers, you know, tracked it, but... Yeah. Oh, that those early on uh, ratings were probably local fans of the brewery who were, sure. you know, shooting those high ratings up. You know, and that's similar to what we saw with the Tin Barn beer uh, a handful of weeks back. Now, totally. now, Rob, let's let's just assume that you know, because Chase is on the West Coast here. Let's just assume that you know maybe there's an audience outside of New Jersey that's listening right now. 
what uh, you know does Troon have a lot of local fans? I mean, what would you say? How would you cl- classify them? Uh, I would classify Troon fans as the biggest collection of weirdos in craft beer. Showing up in bathrobes, in clocks, fresh out of the shower, fat dads walking around a parking lot for three nights on end waiting for uh, unannounced releases. It's a collection of complete yo-hos. You see that Instagram post and you're going to jump out of the shower and throw the closest item of clothing on and head over there. And that has happened. We have documentation. Yes, yes. And, you know, the big thing, the, here's the big thing with me with this, uh, not even like the overall rating is that it went from, uh, it, it went from being number two or number three, whatever you want to call it, on this list when there was 18 ratings to completely falling off the list as soon as you got yeah. up to 25. Correct. So good, yeah. good beer, bad beer doesn't really matter to me, but it does show me that there is a lot of movement on here when you get past those 18 check-ins. Yeah. Big time, big time. I would totally agree. I think um, I, I, I want to keep an eye on this. So I, I did this test for you all. I, I think what uh, what I really gathered, I, I just kind of want to give you, I guess, the executive summary or the highlights here. I think the minimum of 25 and the minimum of 40, what, what ends up happening there is you start to get into, you know, beers with a 4.45 uh, are making the tail end of the list on a minimum of 25 ratings. On that minimum of 40, you're putting beers in the list that have a 4.23. I just think that you're kind of mixing out some of the greatness in, uh, and you're kind of settling for folks that are getting like, you know, maybe bigger breweries that are able to require a decent amount more check-ins or produce more beer. Um, I think there's a sweet spot in here. I think it's just going to have to be analyzed maybe a little bit further for a while. You know, you look at a beer like uh, Barrel Age uh, Pastry Mode or Barrel Age Pastry Method or some of these side project beers that land at like a 4748. That is, you know, those are going to be some of the top five of the year, right? Yeah. That Those types of ratings are kind of unsustainable normally. Um, you look at most of these beers uh, that come out that are, you know, it's fanboys. It's all the, yeah. you know, all the people, and there's that for every single brewery. You're going to, you have the breweries you love. You're going to try your those beers. You're going to love them because that's what you, you love and you care about. They're part of your life. Right, and they're going to skyrocket up. You look at when you expand that a bit, and you talk about something that's a four, 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 five. That's still a monster score. Like that is a monster score. Right, it's excellent beer. Yes, that's an excellent beer. And so you know when you talk about when it gets further out, four two is still a great score. Sure. Um, so it's it's it, and and I think when it gets that far out, that means it's leaving the area, right? It starts to leave that little circle, that little community that loves that brewery, and starts to get traded for some other things. And people from different parts of the country get to try to maybe have differing opinions. And Chase, yeah, you, you you have attempted to address this to a degree because I do see, and I know that you didn't always do this, that you kind of do regional. Uh, areas now, correct? Is that right? On top of your drops? Yeah, kind of, yeah. So I I wanted to uh, profile each of the states and what breweries I follow um, for each state. So that that was uh, uh, kind of a project for 2021 was to profile each state and every top beer drop eligible spot in that state. So what makes a top beer drop brewery is basically they have to have a collective rating of uh, four caps on untapped. 
um, and they have to have some sort of social media presence, like posting about their uh, beers that they're releasing, and ideally the beers that uh, are available to go. So that's that's kind of the um, the genesis of that that regional element that you're uh, that you're hopping on to. Okay. Um, also, I've had a few people reach out and say, "Hey, how are you doing this? I'd love to do this on a local level." So um, you you tell them that- you tell them not to do that. This is your gig. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I, I'm get off my kind of just, get off my uh, lawn. Proper, propagate the greatness of craft beer. <laughs> I I don't really have any turf wars or you know dogs in the game or anything like that. I just want to, I want people to know about the best beer in the country and in their region and whatever like whatever their reach might be. So okay, and and Rob, you know the last time on the show and I'm you know kind of fanning the flames here. You had said maybe 18 ratings wasn't quite enough uh we, we are going to see if we can determine that over the next few months rob is there any number that you have in your head that you think would be a more accurate uh long-standing representation of what constitutes a top 10 list well i mean i think you know just looking at even the tester sheet that we're, we're kind of all browsing right now you know it's it's interesting to see what happens after two weeks when it comes to ratings and when things start to get kind of moved around a little bit and people get try beers either from different regions or you know they finally open their beer after they first purchased it after it was released so i mean i think there even might be a sweet spot as far as ratings and as you know when the list gets compiled Um, i know it's you know you're trying to get a released list out there based on the prior week you know i know the list the other day was released i think was yesterday from the 19th to the 25th so you're trying to get that information out as quickly as possible but as we've seen with some of the more controversial releases it might not have been enough time to be able to get a a, an accurate reading of that beer and and you know who's to say what the perfect solution is or the perfect methodology is it's you know like you said chase it's a labor of love um here so you know what is the perfect way to do it there probably isn't one yeah, it's tough. You know, I, I would love to actually this crew's opinion. I've been kind of thinking about, okay, we've got the weekly top beer drop list. And to Rob's point, it's really difficult for um, the uh, the best of the best to kind of accumulate a rating that's, that's hitting all those minimum qualifications within seven days' time. I've kind of been thinking about what if we did a monthly list at the end of each month and uh, looked at, all right, it doesn't doesn't matter if what the minimum rating is, or excuse me, the amount of raters, I should say. Uh, what are the top beers that were um, released over the course of this last month? And it'll probably look like me eating crow a few times of, hey, we we probably missed, you know, three of ten or so on this complete monthly list. But uh, I think that might tell a little bit more of a, a complete story of, hey, here's here's quote unquote the best beer to come out over the last month. Um, I so, think I think that's kind of a, idea that I've, I I've think that's exploring. a perfect idea. I, you know, you are using just uh, you know your numbers guy as far as how you're doing this, uh, and I think that's the best way to do it. I you know I like your list. I like to see your list. What's hot? What's you know popping out there? And sometimes yes, those ratings will change. But if you do beers, you know th- this is what's coming out this week and for the month. This is where yeah. it's at. And you can maybe even put those little arrows up and down, like, you know, what oh, happened. Yeah. There you go. You know, like a stock I market like type. I like that. <clears throat> yes. I, I want to see the Neckbeards rating beers based on your ratings, never mind on top. I want to see them, you know, beefing up those ratings in the first month, and then we can come back and be like, oh, man, that was that was because of top beer drops, you know? Like, 
Yeah. You are you are growing your Instagram account pretty quickly. A lot, you have a lot more followers than we do, uh, and and you know I just think that that's a great thing that you're doing uh, because you're really not beholden to anybody. You know now maybe Sam Adams comes by and throws a few bucks in your pocket, and you know all of a sudden Winter Ale is number two on that list every month. But <laughs> for right now, it's okay. <laughs> No, you, well, you guys get to chat with uh, a lot cooler people than I do on a regular basis. That's for sure. I just get to look at data all day. Yeah, but then we have Rob, too, you know. So. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, let's, let's, let's remind ourselves who's on the, the, the program now and who preceded this, this segment. The cat? Sure. The cat's cool. <laughs> Chase, so, yeah. Well, I appreciate you guys. I, uh, Rob, I, your content makes me laugh and it gets shared. Uh, amongst my little beer group so so frequently so keep doing what you do and uh tom dan uh you guys are uh also hilarious and uh i i can't tell you how many times i'm laughing in the car as i'm listening to your podcast so keep well, up the good work we appreciate thanks. it very much yeah, chase, thanks, and, chase and you have it, sure. rob we're gonna keep you on we got we're not done with you yet and uh chase you have a very happy new year and you know i'm sure we'll be talking again very soon I'm sure. Hey, and also I want to throw this out to your listeners. If you guys have feedback or uh, thoughts on anything we could or should change, yeah, don't uh, hesitate to slide into those DMs. Very Ooh. good. Very good. Ooh. Hopefully the five people that listen, will one of them will reach out to you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. All right, Chase. Right, have a good one. You, All right, too, you too, man. Be well. Bye. See y'all. All right, so uh, that was cool. That was a cool, informative conversation. Uh, and it. It re- really just about how beer ratings go up and down. Now, Tom, I know you were dying to do this at one point. You are a thirsty, thirsty man. You only have a few more, uh, really, hours before you go into dad mode. So, so uh, yeah, let me, let me just, uh, and I'll explain it really quick because we've talked about it as the time has approached. And Scott talked about it before the break. Um, you know, today is Monday, it's the afternoon, it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, so most people are off, including us, and uh, tomorrow, you know, we're going to the hospital, and my wife will be having our baby, so I'm going to get drunk today. <laughs> sure, sure. You know. Hey, man, you did, a, you did a pretty good job planning that. Nice job. Well done. I'm really... I like performing under pressure. That's it. That's it. So, uh, Rob, again, we're, gonna, we're taking some precautions, so it was just Dan and I together today so i'm sorry that you can't partake in this but this is a beer that we both bought on tavor or we split and it's called well, friends friends of prey go, go ahead clearly you didn't take any precautions about nine months ago my friend <laughs> that's, how you, that's how you got into this mess that's on another podcast <laughs> that's, that's right so this is friends of pay, prey it's a wheat wine aged in bourbon brandy and mead barrels now when i first ordered it there was only 15 check-ins and it was a 4.44 Rob, any idea what it is today? Uh, I would say 69 check-ins and <laughs> a 4.269. So there's a, a, well over 100 check-ins, and it's a 4.39. Oh, so that's so it's hardly held, changed. It's held fairly true. It's held fairly true. All right, so um, here's what we wanted to talk to you. So, Rob, uh, a lot has happened this week. Um, I want to start with this because this one was, you know, I thought about this the other day uh, before Christmas I wanted to get uh, a COVID at home test. It was fucking hell. Like it is impossible to find. Um, and luckily, you know, I was able to get my hands on one. All good. Uh, but you found something, or or a yoho sent it to you. Um, but people are trading craft beer for COVID at home tests. Is is this like, uh, you know, just touch on that because it made me laugh seeing it. You know, I, I thought to myself, 
you know, just before we kind of got this kicked off. How great would it have been when these things were super readily available to have just stockpiled them and then began trading them off when, when the latest variant hits for various craft beers? It would be such a racket right now. Um, you know, clearly I didn't have the foresight to do that. But, um, I mean, it, craft beer nerds are going to be craft beer nerds. I think that's the one thing that we've always figured out and I've seen for the last few years doing this stuff. And if it's, you know, some type of... Uh, currency that can be dealt for beer or you know beer can be dealt for something in need they're going to do it so um i think it was what was this guy looking for he was looking for a gently used covid test and <laughs> gently used. Uh, you know he, he had a, a few probably gently molested bottles that he traded a few times back and forth or were trading a few times back and forth so at the end i think it probably worked out to be a, a fair trade now rob you know <clears throat> we're tough on the shit lords here you uh, you are also tough on the shitlords. Is this another example of neckbeards just shitlording it up, or are these guys uh, maybe they're kind of onto something here? I think it's just neckbeards trying to be neckbeards. Um, <laughs> you know, neckbeards who probably needed uh, one thing, but instead spent their money on craft beer, so now they're using their craft beer as currency. It's you know, if there's one thing I would say about most neckbeards, it's that they're not great at financial planning. Um, which is why you see all these seller sales or glassware sales when things get tough during certain parts of the month. So, um, you know, I don't think there's a lot of craft beer fans that are accountants. Hey, Rob, if they were, they'd be drinking whiskey, right? Oh, correct, exactly. That's why they're drinking beer. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So you know, let's buy a depreciating asset. <laughs> so now what do you think the secondary value is on these COVID tests in relation to craft beer? I think this guy traded like uh, – and, and it closed from what I, I hear. For what? He traded like a Hill Farmstead bottle at plus for a one of the Binax uh, at-home COVID what, tests. Like art or, or – No, I mean okay. it wasn't – was, Okay. It was not art or Samuel, but it was, you know – uh, I, I don't remember what beer it was, but it was not one of the super, super crazy ones. But what do you think the secondary market is now on these COVID tests? If I wanted to find one, I've hold, been looking for them. I have plenty of craft beer. Hold on. And you should know this answer, Dan. How much is it in the fucking store? So Walmart, it's $14. Right, yeah, $14. $14 at Walmart. Everywhere else, it's 25 bucks. Right, 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 right. That was what I was thinking. And they sell them in packs of two, correct? Correct, Generally? yes. Yes. So I don't know what this guy got. I don't know if he got a single one that was yanked out of a box. I mean, that's kind of how it goes. They're 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 well, they're they're individually packaged in right. you know as a set of two. So I mean, what what are they going for? Probably uh, you know what what could that bottle have been worth that he traded? Even if it's you know even if it's like a, bucks? a what what'd you say? Was what, could that bottle have been a hundred dollar value or you got to think, think about I, it? I forgot what beer it was. To be honest, I, I just posted it. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing right now for with I, I would say seventy buck value for something you could maybe buy for fourteen. Bucks. And now, and now that the holiday, yes. now that the holidays are over, forget it. The value's gone. This no, is, this, New Year's is coming up. I, I, we, yeah, we're doing this before New, New Year's. Once New Year's passed, boom. Yes, that's, that's, that's true. That's gone. So and get it in yeah, now. You, you, you've got a one week window here to, to try and pedal your COVID tests for whatever kind of hype whales that you've ever desired. Go go tell your landlord slash your grandmother that you'll have the money coming this month <laughs> and not to worry. And then, you know, if you want to stock up, just wait for the next variant. And hopefully it comes sometime in February before Valentine's Day and you can get that value back. That's true. 
There you, you go. This is a this is a big brain conversation right now. <laughs> All right, let's talk about uh, you know because we we have been talking about how this is impacting the craft beer community and everybody's lives in general. Um, big lines are back, right? Big lines are back, but they are the lines are back for these tests and not necessarily uh, for craft beer. Um, but also two big closings this week. Yeah, two huge closings. Tired Hands, we haven't talked about them in a dog's age. Uh, and this inst- for many different reasons. <laughs> That's right. Instagram post from the, this is from December 22nd. Our tap rooms will be closed today. All to go can and bottle beer will be available for pickup through the window at our Fermentaria and St. Owners for today. Dudley Direct will not be doing deliveries. Unfortunately, some of our restaurant slash kitchen staff tested positive. We want to keep our staff and customers safe. Everyone that's been in contact with them currently getting tested and so forth and so on. They'll keep you posted throughout the week. And then Vale, also the Scott's Edition location. It's a different, uh, not the main Vale spot. Same thing. Some of their employees tested positive for COVID-19. You know, you look at all these things and... You know, sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to get back to normal and like the beer line life and that whole like beer community thing is going to come back. And then it's like one step forward, two steps back. When the hell are we going to come back fully, if at all? Is it ever going to happen again? Well, I mean, I think I think the, the bigger issue with some of those closings there is not necessarily the fact that, you know, you, you had COVID in those locations, but you're understaffed. You know, right. I, I know, uh, you know, recently a, a friend of mine who's in the uh, restaurant business had a, a staff member test positive for COVID. And, you know, you, once you start tracing back with the close contacts where, you know, you're knocking out entire shifts. And if you can't get that covered, you know, how can you open or be effective? So, you know, I, I wonder if it's a combination of, of not being able to staff or, you know, how many people were close contacts. So, yeah, I mean... Is beer ever going to be the same? Are there going to be ever lines again? Uh, I don't know, especially with this whole online shift that we've seen over the last couple of years. I don't know if it'll ever get back to what it used to be. And that's got to be a little bittersweet for you, Rob. I mean, Hayes Boys was born out of line life, right? I mean, that's where that whole thing kind of manifested itself. Uh, yeah, it's in, its, in its early days, yeah, that was kind of where it was all born out of. But, you know, like all... Uh, you know, terrible things, kind of like COVID, <laughs> it mutates and it becomes uh, something different. And, uh, you know, I guess it still packs a punch, but it's changed a bit. Are, are you looking for... analogy? That was a terrible analogy. I'm, I'm like, no, I'm like are making you... a, a pandemic joke. That was Jesus, great. No, that was great. As it mutates, that was genius. Um, are, are you... Now, Line Life comes back. Let's say it's a perfect one. Line Life comes back. Does Rob go to... Does he go back to EQ? Does he go back to other half? Does he go back to Treehouse? There is a 0% chance that I will ever, ever engage in line life again. Ooh. Wow. I can't even, I'll be honest with you, I cannot even tell you the last time I stood in a, in a beer line. It's been years. Years. I, I think the last time I stood in a beer line, we were waiting for the, I think the Angry Chair, uh, other half, Rice crispy beer, whatever it was. And I think we just all went in on a limb just to, like, hang out. It was a random – I think it was, like, right after Thanksgiving. But it wasn't like we were chasing hype or anything. It was just like, hey, let's go another half of the day. And it just so happened to be a line. Yeah, but that's – I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, that's the best part about line life. You're just going in there and being like, oh, yeah, wow, hey, there's a party going on here. Sure, I'll hang out for a few hours and totally neglect any responsibilities that I have and hope the world's <laughs> still the same when I get back. 
Yeah, but you know what? I can do that in the tap room too, where it's nice and warm, and I'm not standing on a street corner, and I could get a, a hard seltzer thrown at me or <laughs> pulled on me. Like, you know, I'd yeah. rather just drink a nice beer in the tap room than treat myself like a civilized human being, which is not something I normally do. Uh, let's talk about this we talked about this with uh, Scott earlier in this episode Uh, Hop Culture came out with their list of top breweries of 2021 and uh, landing at the top of that list the number one brewery for 2021 according to them Sam Adams just wanted to get your opinion on that selection I mean I I I missed the opportunity to bust out laughing out loud (laughs) Um, uh, you know listen i I'm sure um, there's some kind of uh, benefit there to promote Sam Adams, whether it be financial and hmm. or benefit, uh, benefit or you know, obligation. Yeah, pushing, you know, pushing something there. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, hey, uh, good for Sam Adams, uh, best brewery of the year. Um, you know, kind of crushes any credibility that uh, you know I thought in terms of uh, you know hop culture and their you know commitment to journalism. But you know, that's uh, that's my opinion. Um, so I, you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say this. It's uh, you know, hop culture. They care about more than just beer, right? So they uh, last year. Now, Weathered Souls. I've had some real bangers from Weathered Souls. I've talked about my love for Whale Rider and Double Barrel Whale Rider, but that was their brewery of the year last year, and that was a lot because of the Black is Beautiful movement and sure. what that meant to craft beer. And you know, they talk about all these charity things. I just thought it was kind of interesting that uh, you know Sam Adams does a lot for the community and they do a lot for beer but these lists are kind of odd to me you know like some of the uh, breweries on the list were cool and new and I'm like oh yeah that's awesome that they're on there but at the same time I'm like it's kind of hard to see Sam Adams at the top of this list when it is so large and known for beers that have been around for 20 years. Well, you know, I mean, a hop culture kind of grew up out of the microbrew world, right? It was like a grassroots thing. I, I, you know, now it seems like it's uh, graduating, if you want to call it that. I don't know. Some people call it selling out, I guess, into, um, you know, just putting a focus on bigger breweries. No, but I mean, they they talk about some breweries I've never heard of, you know, like Scott said. Like, these, oh, like, that's cool. I've never heard of them. Let me check them out. You know, it is, a, it is a combination of a bunch of things, but I just wanted to hear what Rob had to say about Sam well, Adams because yeah, that was... The <laughs> take on it is, and it's just like anything else, whether, you know, especially business-related, they have a platform, and they can push whatever they'd like via their platform, and they certainly do. And, you know, as consumers of information... We as consumers can read and digest that and either go along with it or we can say this is not necessarily for me and we can find our information elsewhere. So, you know, good for them. Hey, they got to put together a top brewery list and, you know, whether or not you know you or I or any of us agree with it or not, you know, they're still out there doing their thing and they have bills to pay <laughs> and mouths to feed. And, uh, you know, that's really all I kind of have to say about it. I think we we kind of all understand like it's a business side of it too so i, I will say keep that side of it happy I, i'm gonna say this you know i think um putting that list together um you know we talked to to kenny a few months ago about this list and he alluded to the fact that a brewery like sam adams might be on top take some fucking balls to put to to make that kind of uh move i think because i think you will expect this kind of second guessing and maybe some backlash 
to making that kind of and now people are talking about it. Yeah, well, that's true, and you know, uh, you know all press is good, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, to some to some degree, you know. Um, I, I like to see what they have in store for next year, what their what their plans are going to be, what their influencer list is going to look like next year. App culture, yes, I'm talking to you. Is is can we expect the Hayes boys on there? Rob Mitch just burned the bridge. Not, I'm, <laughs> on this, I'm fully number one. I'm not expecting to be on that list, obviously. But uh, I'm thinking maybe there'll be a, a, an appearance by uh, you know drunk drunk people doing things on the Instagram list next year. Maybe there'll be influencers in the wild. You know, we're going a little bit bigger here. Maybe those will be the accounts that we'll see. Uh, who knows? I don't know. Who knows? Hey, Rob. I just want to thank you very much. Uh, well, we both wanted to thank you very much for this past year. Uh, you know, the fact that you and Scott have been way more involved has made the show much more interesting and much more exciting, I think, for us and the listeners. And we really appreciate all the, uh, you know, all your input and all your help. Yeah, no problem, guys. Listen, I, I enjoy doing it. And, uh, you know, I appreciate you having me on, giving me a little bit of a platform here because we all know I'm too lazy to do something like this on my own. And <laughs> nobody wants to listen to my stupid shit for an hour on end. So it's nice to be able to do little segments here and there and, you know, just try and make everybody laugh and enjoy their day a little bit. People want to hear the voice behind the memes, man. Like, of course. And uh, and we love your content. We love your, uh, you know, opinions. Um, you say things that sometimes people don't uh, are afraid to say. That's right. <laughs> and that's why we love you, man. So thanks so much. Uh, Want to wish you a happy new year. Um, we will have more coming up after the next break. We're going to talk about some of the next big releases before the year is over. Coming up after this. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. It's the end of the world as we know it. And I feel fine. Season 2, episode 20 of America the Brutiful. Our last episode before 2022. Uh, we've opened some very nice beers today. Uh, we've also talked to some great guests. I, mean, I can't call Robin Scott guests anymore, but I just, you know. You know, this is probably going to be, of the beers we've opened, about the three most different types of beers that we will open uh, for one of these podcasts. We first one was a 3.5% table beer from Fermentary Form. Then McKellar and Horace, Friends of Prey, a wheat wine. Very good. This too. is, like, I'll be honest with you, one of the best wheat wines, if you yes. don't want to call it a bar, one yeah. of the best wheat wines I've had. Yeah, I mean, this is... 17% alcohol. You, you can drinks tell. Drinks like 15. No, but you, <laughs> yeah, it drinks like 15. No, but it is very good. And now, you know, this is one that's kind of in our pantheon of like, what even is beer? If you hear a shaking, it's because for this it says, keep me cold always, shake gently, open slowly. This is, we've talked about it before, Muckraker Pleasure Machine Pie. This is a spontaneous blend with New Jersey blueberries, blueberry pie filling, oat milk, vanilla, cocoa, and raw cane sugar. Um, I am breaking the rules on this one. It okay. says drink within three days. This, uh, I broke the rules last year with the pumpkin pie one that they did, and I had it like 
three weeks after, and it was amazing. And then I told I told Tom from Muckraker last year, I was like, dude, I just uh, I had this at a beer share. It was still amazing, and everyone loved it. And he's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? It says drink within three days. So I was like, yeah, I don't follow rules. Nah, you know, and you, you know, you're putting a lot of products in that that are, uh, you know, susceptible to rot, right? Fruit. A lot of fruit, things like that. Well, I so think he probably I, says that. I mean, you could have opened that pumpkin beer and it could have been totally rancid after right. three weeks. Well, I think the main uh, issue is you don't want these things to re-ferment, that, you know, and explode. <laughs> and so I've kept this super cold throughout. Uh, and and we're gonna drink this. We're gonna talk about uh, new releases. I'm gonna pick up my uh, new cans of the other uh, pie fillings sometime this week. This is so thick. <laughs> like people get excited about like the schmoogies and things like that. This is the quintessential thick ass sugary sweet beer. And I think the funny part about it is, you know, everybody is like. Ooh, this is really good. Is it even beer? And yes, it is. It's actually spontaneous beer with all of these uh, ingredients. Let me tell you something. If other half put this out, people would be fucking losing their minds about getting their hands on it. They couldn't because they couldn't do it on the scale. You know, it'd have to be on too big of a scale for them at this point. I think they just there would be too many quality issues on that. People would be losing their fucking minds for this. Yeah, it's a it's listen, it's a great beverage. I love it. Yeah. Um all right, so let's talk about local releases. Um there's a lot of really cool ones, but I wanted to start let's start with probably the funniest name of any beer that's been released this year. So what are we talking about? District 96 is the brewery and the beer is D's Hazel Nuts. That's right. <laughs> uh, and it is what it sounds like. Notes of coffee, hazelnut, chocolate. With a creamy, soft finish, 5.8%. So at least it's going to be super drinkable. But these hazelnuts, how could I? How could we not start with that? No, it's great. They went for it. They embraced the uh, <laughs> embraced the inside joke. Next one, sleeveless flannel. It's a winter ale. It was released last year. I think there was a uh, joke about some uh, winter berries from their farm for whatever reason. <laughs> Spiced with orange peel, cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, cardamom, and clove. It is liquid gingerbread cookie. And also, I uh, want to give a shout out to Sung from District 96. He was, uh, you know, his face was used for uh, some of the promotion of this beer. Very funny. Always, they always do a good Thanks job. Thanks for being with that. a good sport. Uh, Truth uh, Social Platform, 10%, uh, triple dry hopped IPA with cashmere, sabro, and galaxy. Um, that's, uh, you know, those are a few of the new releases from District this week. Now we're going to go to another brewery in New Jersey, uh, but also one that District 96 is involved in, at least their first release, Magnify, right? I love the name of this beer too. Right. If you guys are District 96 fans, if you know Johnny, this will make perfect sense to you. I'm not even going to try to explain it to you because you should know. The name of the beer is Good Hair Day. This is a collab with District 96 and an ode to the most luscious locks in the beer game, 
And we're not talking about Eric. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Johnny's hair is amazing. Everybody always asks him for hair advice. Um, also uh, from Magnify, they, they released a bunch of other stuff. Uh, Hostile Takeover, that beer is back. It's another District 96 collab. Uh, triple IPA. They released Glacier Freeze Flavor Aid. This is the next variant in their sports drink smoothie sours. It's brewed with vanilla ice cream and blue sports drink powder. Don't open it up at the dinner table. <laughs> <laughs> it might explode. Cold Side is back. The classic zero IBU IPA. That is interesting. No hot side additions for next to no bitterness. Dry hop twice with mosaic and amarillo. That is interesting. I want to try that. Yeah. And if you're looking for something before New Year's, you're like, I want something cool. I want something like, you know, to pop before that. They're selling 1.5 liter magnums of their core IPA vine shine. And the best part about that, $18. $18 for 1.5 liter bottle, a magnum. That's fantastic. I think it's super cool. All right. <clears throat> Going up to the Catskills, Equilibrium, Peanut Butter, Swiss Bliss, Batch 2, a collaboration with Short Throw Brewing. You, you guys might know this, but let me read it off because it sounds so good. They start off with all the adjuncts in Swiss Bliss, like Swiss chocolate almond coffee, almonds and marshmallow, and then and then they add an additional massive dose dose of peanuts. <laughs> they also released a snow cap, a five point five percent pilsner, um, and then super fractal Mandelbrot set, which is a ten point five percent. Triple IPA. Why are we talking about this? I thought it was cool. It's named after the mathematician Benoit Mandelbrot. It's the scaled up from the fractal base, then intensely hopped with Citra Whirlpool, dry hop with Sabro, Strata, Galaxy, and Amarillo. Can we get Benoit on the show, or is he? I'm pretty sure he's okay. passed. <laughs> uh, let me do the math on that one. <laughs> All right. Not too far away from Equilibrium, right around the corner, Tin Barn, the Unwitting Pawn. It's an 8.4% double IPA, triple dry hopped with Citra Comet, some experimental hop, and Simcoe. It celebrates flavors of green something. And uh, hopefully uh, this still happens as the time we're recording it, it's going to. They're going to have a New Year's Eve second annual keg drop on December 31st, New Year's Eve. Um, it's going to be a ticketed event from 6 p.m. to 10 p.m., 50 bucks a person. As of the time of this podcast, tickets were still on sale. So you could still go. Hopefully it happens. I know shit is fucking nuts out there with the Omicron stuff. Uh, to also stay safe, you know. I'm just, I just want to keep saying that Certainly. to everybody. Certainly. One of our favorite breweries. Yeah. Right? Really. Then we're going all the way down to Atlantic City. We got the other end of the tri-state area, the Seed. The lessons nature taught us. 8.5% double IPA, dry hopped with Citra and Cashmere. And then they also did a Place to Rest 6.8% House IPA, dry hopped with actually two of my favorite hops, Mosaic and Citra, and also Sabro. No offense to Sabro. <laughs> no offense. Uh, next one, I love this, 4.5% Pub Ale. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. It is. It's called Unhurriedly. Brewed with some of our favorite English malts and sternly hopped with Old Fuggle 
Is that, am I reading Old that right? Fuggle herself. Old Fuggle herself. I don't know where she got that name from. <laughs> Cheerful wreaths made of varied pantry bread, glued together with fresh blood orange marmalade and sprinkled with just enough dry grass to bring a nice dry bitter finish to whoever's to try to snack a bite. And also Home. And this is cool because this is a collab with Marlowe. It's a little 3.9% English bitter, but here's the one catch. It's only available at 12% Beer Project. Technically a Marlowe beer collab. Very cool. Very nice. <clears throat> Staying down the Jersey Shore, Kane, they released their Year's End. It's a 7.2% IPA brewed with Pilsner, malted white wheat, oats, and a small amount of light crystal. Cool. It was hopped with Citra in the Whirlpool, dry hopped with Nelson Salvin, Vic Secret, and Nectatron. Oh, new word, Nectatron. I don't even know what the hell that is. I'm really <laughs> resulting in... It sounds like a transformer, like a cool yeah. transformer, yeah. a delicious transformer, like, Fanta- <laughs> like Phantasm. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That well, Phantasm was one of uh, Batman's uh, nemesis too. There it was we go. Phantasm, but right. uh, anyway, uh, other half had two things on draft at Domino that I figured we should talk about. One sounds super cool: pecan meltaway pastry sour, seven point six percent. It's a golden pastry sour with coffee, pecans, maple, and vanilla. Icarus. They have a few holiday beers that are still available as of the recording of this podcast. I don't know if they will be when you listen to it, but, you know, go take a check. Treats of Strength. It's a new 12.4% Imperial Chocolate Hazelnut Babka-inspired dessert stout. Babka's a great dessert. Yeah, and this is also, you know, a Seinfeld-themed, you know, Festivus-themed beer. They also had an awesome Seinfeld-themed glass that looks amazing, but it is sold out now, unfortunately. Uh, I did not get to to get my hands on that. I I wish I did. I'm a big Seinfeld fan. Okay. Uh, The other one, they have Cookie Tray Linzer. Love Linzer tarts. Great, great, great. Very underrated dessert, dessert, yes. Yep. That's a collab with Last Wave Brewing. It's a Berliner Weiss, 6%, conditioned on raspberries, cinnamon, and, of course, almonds. Now, you got to go to Brick Farm this week, so you can talk about probably two of these beers, and uh, I have not had any of the three that we'll talk about. Okay. But on Wednesday the 23rd, they released Sacrificial Dance. On Tuesday the 22nd, they released Spewing, I don't even know, Perlance. Yeah. Perlance. Uh, both of those were IPAs, and then they also did a silent release this week, which I'm pretty sure we both missed. Either that or you just didn't tell me that you got it. No, I definitely missed it. Trust okay, me. all right. I mean, out of, you would have known. Insatiable Thirst. Now, this is interesting, right? Yeah. Because they had the barley wine, Yep. and I guess they saved some of it. It wasn't, uh, I'll tell you what, I was at Brick Farm. It wasn't on top there. Right. So maybe that was just a draft, or I'm sorry, a bottle-only beer that they were doing. And they took, I guess, the remaining part of that barley wine, and they blended it with a bourbon barrel-aged milk stout with coconut, uh, with coconut, with dulce de leche, and vanilla bean. Seen going for as much as $300 on secondary. Yeah. Come on, guys. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> give the fucking beer a second. Let it fucking, let, check out some ratings before you start... It's just crazy to me. Well, you just want it. That's, probably, <laughs> that's why. That's yeah, why. Probably. <laughs> Nobody's doing me any favors. Uh, Bolero Snort had two things that I thought were pretty cool uh, that are out. Muy Caliente, barrel-aged fluff piece uh, conditioned on roasted peanuts, marshmallow, and a blend of cocoa nibs from Haiti and Uganda. And marshmallow double shot stout with coffee, marshmallow, vanilla, and milk sugar. They will never run out of those bull references. They won't. Apparently, they won't. 
Alternate ending. Two barrel-aged dark beers released in cans. Love that. If it's eight ounces, even better. I don't know if it is. Barrel-aged silver tuna and barrel-aged Jack's Revenge. Chocolate oatmeal cookie. Sweet revenge. <laughs> uh, Gear Block. Um, just wanted to talk about this real quick. They announced that they're going to be opening opening sometime, hopefully soon in the next month in Waldwick, New Jersey, and the pictures look cool. Like I definitely really? want to. Yeah, pictures looks real, really, really nice. Now I have people that listen to the show that I know that are you know friends and acquaintances, and they've people that live up in North Jersey, and they've said to me, "Oh, Gear Block. Yes, we're aware of Gear Block." We just haven't gotten to them yet because they were in this transition of like home brewery to professional brewer basically over the past year. Right. And now it's looking like super soon it's going to happen. Yeah, super soon. Next, Ghost Talk. Peek ahead to a 20... This is what they tell. This is what they say here. Peek ahead to a 2022 release of their Good Boy Stout. This year will be a Mezcal Barrel version. Part of the proceeds of beer will go to the Clifton Animal Shelter. Love that. Love that. I can't I've never had a mezcal aged beer before. Okay. Have you I've, I've had tequila barrel beers. I'm sure some of them have been mezcal. I'm not the hugest uh tequila guy, so I I know, you know mezcal guys, it is not tequila. Oh, okay. I mean it is to like an outsider, but like in that world is this like uh, the difference between talking about all whiskeys and scotch and bourbon, like something yes. like that? Yes, okay. exactly. Let's talk about some national releases. Stay in the Christmas spirit, even though it's over. Horace had run the jewels, but J-U-L-E-S, which is a collaboration with the hip-hop group Run the Jewels. This imperial stout packed full of hazelnut, hazelnut cocoa powder, marshmallow, and Ugandan vanilla beans. They say big Nutella vibes and beautiful artwork featuring LP and Killer Mike themselves. It was the first public chorus released this year, and they released it on Christmas Eve. One per person. Wow. And it's Run the Yules, right? Run the Yules. Run yeah, the Yules. Yules, that's Yules. right. Yes, 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 yes. Jay Wakefield, I love, love, love this. I know you do too. Coquito, an imperial stout that was aged in Dominican rum barrels for 24 months, then let it rest on 15 pounds per barrel of coconut. They also added cassia, nutmeg, and vanilla. Right, and then then there's also the coffee version of that same beer with Mostra Coffee, and they had this one that, of course, you will love because it is one of your favorite adjuncts ever, pistachio. Pistachio version. They are not the only ones that did Coquito beers. That's right. That's right. I'm actually a little upset because I didn't know that this was being released, and I'm not seeing it until right now. <laughs> so I'm talking about tired hands. Coquito Alien Shake. I'm, I'm typically not a big milkshake IPA fan. These guys are the only guys I would fuck with in terms of like, yeah, that might be good. Mm-hmm. You know, That's it's very sure. rare that I like a milkshake. So it's our uh, Coquito Alien Shake is our Reptoid Milkshake IPA inspired by the Puerto Rican eggnog brewed with oats and lactose. Conditioned under a palm tree with all the coconut and spiced in traditional with Ceylon and Kasha cinnamon and a heroic dose of vanilla hopped with Cascade and Columbus. Dry up with Mosaic, Citra, and Chinook. So the Coquito craze is kind of out of control, right? Funky Buddha also made a Coquito-themed cream ale. It's like the new craze this year, right? Um, and when you think about it, and listen, 
They may not be the first two that did it, but when I think of Coquito beers, the first two breweries I think of are Magnify and Burley Oak. They both did Coquito beers years ago, I feel like now, and now everyone's doing them. You know, I didn't and, know Burley Oak. I knew that Magnify did. I did yeah, yeah. Bo- both of those breweries did them a while ago, and you know, I'm just like cool when it happened. Now everyone's doing it. That's great. Uh, going out west, North Park Brewing. Uh, next week they have a release that they care about, and uh, that we care about too. That that we also care about, and that is the Triple Dry Hop Hazy Quadruple IPA. Collaboration with none other none other than District 96 called Snake Park. Let's go over to Nebraska because some of these sound so good. We don't so say good. that too often. Yeah, yeah we do. <laughs> <laughs> but Boiler. Boiler is a great brewery. Very underrated. Um, Maple Fluffernutter, 6% ABV, dedicated to Buddy the Elf. Uh, it's a milk sat with peanut butter, marshmallow, and maple syrup. It's on tap and in crowlers only. If you really want it, you can probably trade for a crowler somehow. Uh, but look out for that because that sounds super, super good. Also, Electric Dragon Mimosa Goza. This is a dragon fruit, passion fruit, mango, and uh, and Copacabana Mimosa Goza. Both 7% and on tap and in crowlers. Also, A New Day Will Dawn, massive 15% ABV, double-mashed Russian Imperial Stout, aged in single-hand-picked five-year Heaven Hill bourbon barrels. It's uh, brewed with milk chocolate, baker's chocolate, bourbon, and oak. And a uh, sometimes words have two meanings. This is the second release in our Stairway to Heaven Hill series. And this is a massive 15% ABV, double-mashed Russian Imperial Milk Stout, aged in a single hand-picked eight-year Heaven Hill bourbon barrel. Expect complex notes of bourbon, creamy vanilla, oak, and fudge. I tend to believe them because, Dan, I mean, you know, they've made some of the best stouts probably in the country at certain points, right? Yeah, they do. Coconut Killer? Yeah, yeah. Coconut Killer AF. Like, honestly, Boiler, if you've never had them, um, you could trade for them. The value is not out of this world. Um, Even their most kind of best and most coveted stouts are probably acquirable if if you go after them. Okay. Um, Let's go down to North Carolina with Burial. We've been talking about them a lot. Um, This this beer was just so cool. Uh, The Abominable Damnation of Creatures Never Told. It's an imperial stout with chocolate, pistachio, orange peel, nutmeg, cinnamon, and Madagascar vanilla bean. Why are we talking about this beer in particular? The Abominable Snowman is on the bottle with the mom from Home Alone. I love artwork on on beer. This one is one that's like, that's super cool. You see it and you're like, that's cool. I want that. Is this the like claymation Abominable Snowman? Yes, yes. Awesome. Yeah, awesome. yeah. Love it. Another one, Skillet. This is the first beer that they shared with customers in their first day as a legal brewery in 2013. It's crazy. They've been around for that long. That's crazy. And it's back, and they talked about it recently on this podcast. A breakfast stout made from a blend of nine barley malts, a healthy scoop of oats, milk, and molasses sugar, and their favorite blend of freshly roasted beans. Yeah, we talked about it recently. You asked me if Burial ever had like a real whale, and I was like, you know, when Skillet came out, I'm like, when Skillet came out, people were going wild trying to get it. Uh, They re-released it. Super cool. Uh, Corporate Ladder, two big releases, Barrel Age Pastry Station, 
uh, which was conditioned on a blend of toasted coconut, raw coconut, cinnamon, Vanatu uh, vanilla beans, and Ugandan vanilla beans. That's a collab with Moxa. And then they also did barrel-aged fluff piece conditioned on roasted peanuts, marshmallow, and a blend of cocoa nibs from Haiti and Uganda. Going out west, we have bottle. Going out west, we have Bottle Logics Motion of the Moon, fourteen percent Imperial Stout, aged in old Rip Van Winkle barrels, finished on hazelnuts and cacao nibs. Cigar City is teasing ahead to twenty twenty two. Hunapu, um, which is you know one of the highest rated beers. Like if you look at like Beer Advocate's top one hundred, one of the first kind of really cool stouts with a lot of adjuncts right sure. it's going to be made in cans this year like sign of the times right everything's going to cans oh wait a second this has never been made in cans no hunapu never really yeah not hitting distro, distro right i mean that's like i don't think so who the hell knows right. uh, you know they might make it hit distro and then have a bunch of variants that are taproom only I, I don't know okay staying in florida here we got tripping animals Abuela's breakfast, breakfast-inspired sour ale conditioned with peaches, French toast, and vanilla, and also a release that they're doing at 12% Beer Project. Well, th- this is just a complete 12% Beer Project beer. Oh, I see. Uh, we, we should have talked to Scott about this one because this one is probably dear to his heart. Ah, uh, yes. The Fat Orange Cat Baby Kittens, 6.5% IPA, four point, just over 4 on untapped. It's just 99 cents, guys. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so they're 12-ounce cans, $0.99 cents a can. Super cool. Another beer from 12% Beer Project. Uh, this one is, you know, they did something like this last year, Abomination Brewing. They made a 9.7% triple dry hopped uh, beer. Uh, they did Fuck 2020 last year. This one is Fuck 2021 as well. So, so yeah, uh, no, I mean that's you know that's a running theme over the past couple of years. Yeah, totally acceptable. Uh, Odd by nature, our buddy Jay, right? Recently had them on, and uh, we can't stop talking about them because they're just doing a lot of cool shit. Yeah, they're like the can art's great, uh, and the beer sounds super cool. So the beer is, or one of the beers, not sorry, seven point nine percent pastry stout, conditioned on twenty pounds of classic Kroller donuts works for me from <laughs> kong don's donuts i guess that's up in maine somewhere dipped in cereal milk and conditioned on 32 pounds of reese's puff cereal i mean this beer is breakfast uh and it's made in a collab with their friends from kushwa brewing company and uh, then they also released grand theft lager amazing can art it's a 6.1 percent lager we usually don't talk about 6.1 percent lagers but when you have cool can art from video games that we liked from back in the day we're gonna talk about it's a layup yeah yeah exactly so uh hey just want to say dan thank you very much dude it's been a tough year for me. I've had a lot going on, and I've had to, you know, dip in and out of doing some episodes. And uh, you like, I remember it. the first one was probably other half, which was like going out of the frying pan into, into the fire. And you've done like a great job on learning how to use a recorder, you know, making these work in my absence, which I've never had to do a big episode without you. So I can't imagine what that must feel like. Well, you're the, you're, you're the guy that's in charge of all the technical stuff. So the first time I did one without you was like, Oh man, this is, this is something. Yeah. It's a lot, you know, but it worked out. 
And, uh, you know, I, I know Scott brought it up. Rob brought it up. Uh, you know, big, big next few days for you. Um, so congratulations. Thank you very much. And it's going to be a lot coming up. And uh, also just want to shout out all our listeners. Uh, thank you for listening for the past year and year plus and at this point. Yes, yeah. yes. And we've got some, you know, we've... We, no matter what my availability is going to be, which, you know, will eventually get back to normal. <laughs> Regardless, we've got some cool shit coming up uh, that we're very excited about for 2022. Some some guests that we probably thought we'd never get that uh, I'm not going to say it's like a definite slam dunk, but that we're a lot closer to getting and we hope that they come on and we get to have a good time with them and we get to bring you much more entertainment over the coming 12 months. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, thank you. Uh, I know Dan said it. I'll say it as well. Thank you for listening. Until next time, America, drink up and stay beautiful. Beautiful.